0: What today's about? We fight for that short-haired dog and that name across your chest.
1: Welcome to the Short-Haired Dog Podcast, your home for Wafford Terriers football. Now here are your hosts,
0: Michael and Kevin Bennett.
1: Welcome in to the short-haired dog episode 20. I'm your host, Michael Bennett, alongside me today. My best friend slash co-host slash brother, Mr. Kevin Bennett. How are you doing today, KB? I'm doing good, Mikey. How are you? Doing great. Here on the eve of Thanksgiving on Wednesday, the 21st.
0: 21st, day after your birthday. Happy yeah, late birthday. I appreciate it. been and a big week um, for me. It has been a big week. Sure has. Congratulations to you. Well, I appreciate it. You might as well let our listeners know if they hadn't already seen.
1: For those um, that haven't seen or heard yet I I got engaged this weekend Mm -hmm. didn't ever think that was gonna happen yeah but that day has arrived I'm happy for you well I appreciate it yeah good to be here and good to uh get Thanksgiving week always started what's your favorite Thanksgiving food before we get things underway
0: you know what my favorite is is the leftovers really I love the next day getting the turkey back out and putting it on a bun with some mayonnaise and salt and pepper Mm. really that's the way to go so you like that better than
1: macaroni Mm.
0: yeah I like dressing you know, I've never been a dressing guy.
1: Yeah. But, you know. Of course, it's different. May some venture of, out this time. Some of our Terrier listeners out there may know of it. And they I don't, they I call it stuffing. I think it's stuffing, and, yeah. but it's not the same. Really? There's a difference. Stuffing and it. dressing yeah, is different? Yeah, it's different. I don't, I don't know anything about that. I don't that. know, but here in South Carolina, upstate at least, dressing right. is its its own sort of thing. That's right. But there's, it's very, it's very possible that our listeners may not... You know, fully understand that. But right. anyway, hope and everybody's having a great Thanksgiving so far. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe listen to it on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's maybe. What I was going
0: to say, maybe you're on the way to you know your family's house, spend some time with family. Hope you,
1: or maybe it's after lunch and you're just maybe
0: it is. Maybe yeah. you,
1: we're we're going to lull you to sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> Kevin will get to some of your. uh He'll start doing like the whispering uh, sweet nothings. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope uh, hope everybody has a safe Thanksgiving. If if, if it's already passed when you're listening, I hope you had a good time with your family and. Uh, had good food, watch some football, and uh, getting ready for the game this weekend, Mike.
1: Kevin, speaking of football, you know, big game this weekend coming up. Obviously, the playoff game is Wofford going to host Elon in the first round of the yeah. FCS playoffs. A, uh,
0: familiar opponent from years past. Yeah,
1: two o'clock kickoff. But Kevin, we've not had an episode.
0: Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, we we decided to kind of tie the PC in the um, uh, who am I missing? Western Carolina, Western. Yeah, the yeah. Western games. Um, into one show, so
1: that's kind of what we did, or what we decided to do. So, Mike, um, it just seemed like last week, Kevin. I, I'll put it to you like this, and I told you this. It seemed like our game and our situation last, at least for last week, was the least of our. Yeah, that was probably the less, the least storyline all year. Right. That mean, we had nothing really about ourselves to talk about last week. I mean, yeah, we played Presbyterian, and we needed to beat them to help get a you know an at large bid, but we ended up getting the automatic bid. Right. All because it all fell into place like we all had hoped. I was skeptical, Mike. Yeah. You said, hey, there's a chance. If you remember episode, what was it? Was it, it was 19. it. Was yeah, the last it was the last, one. last episode. I said that we needed Citadel to beat Sanford. Check. Right. And then we needed Sanford to rally back and beat ETSU. Big check. Check again. And then, then
0: we didn't know this at the time, but they we needed Mercer to score what at least seventeen. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah. Yeah. To uh, own Furman, man, that, that's a tough feeling for Furman. You win and you lose the automatic bid. That's tough. But, it is tough. You know, um, you know, and their fans have shown that they're upset, and I would be too. Yeah. I, I can. I get it. I get it. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, just. It, they got the short end of the state. and actually, Mike, ETSU was one of the last three teams in. Right. So the didn't get a lot of love. Right. Um, but like you said, we got the automatic bid, which it feels good. It feels good to get it. I um, said early
1: on in the year, I thought Wofford was the only team who could get. You were right. Get the bid. Who wasn't? Who could get a? Who could get a? Uh, at large bid,
0: Mike. I think it's safe to say, but
1: ETSU was able to get one. But they, but like you said, barely.
0: But what I'm saying is, if the roles were switched and ETSU had gotten the automatic bid, I think we would have got. We would not have been one of the last three in. I agree with that. I, 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 I think that's pretty safe to say, right? Um, but nonetheless, Mike, it did happen. Before uh, we move on, the Western game, Mike, um, started out pretty bleak. It really did. Ooh, but that was a low guys, point there. The guys bounced back, and that really, Mike, to me. That drive to score before halftime was the biggest drive of the year. Oh yeah, the biggest drive of the year. Um, it was well called, well executed, and that pass from from Joe to Jason Hill was you know exactly what we needed to score. Went into the half with some momentum, then come right back out and scored seven on a you know a, a typical Walford drive coming out of the coming out of the half. And um, when you score fourteen straight like that, we really had Western on their heels. And Mike i got to give credit where credit's due, and we said it on the show. Tyree Adams is a very good quarterback. Oh, he's a monster. He is an absolute great quarterback. <clears throat> um, is he a senior?
1: Hmm. That is a if he good is,
0: question. If he is, I'm so glad that him and Devlin Hodges have moved no, on. No, junior. Oh, great. He's back. But anyway, um, and I, I just spoke about Hodges. That guy had our number, and you, you got to respect him, though. Like I wish him the best of luck going forward. I think he'll make. I think he'll make NFL
1: team. The only bad thing for Duck that you have to say though, it seemed like he played in all the big games. Of course, all of them against us were big, and he yeah, won them. He did. It Seemed like every other big game, and I don't really think it was he necessarily Duck's fault. Yeah, but they lost them. They did lose. That, them. I think yeah. that is sort of what hurts his legacy now. Granted, it's still extraordinary yeah. I mean, what he's accomplished. The dude set the FCS passing record.
0: Absolutely. So I mean, he's... I mean,
1: I'm not saying I'm not taking away from it. I'm saying I, I hope – You know, for the Clemson fans out there, a lot of people remember Taj Boyd and how right. good he was, and it was always well, he never beat South Carolina, mm-hmm. right? Never did the, and he, you know, and, dis- and he always lost the big one. I hope that's not the legacy that Devlin Hodges. Le- I-, I hate when greatness is kind of undermined.
0: Yeah, people are going to say, "Well, he never won a playoff game."
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, see that that that's not good. Right, that's, that's certain you don't want to. I hope I hope that's not his legacy. Now, granted, I hate Sanford, but <laughs> you've got to give him credit. He's <laughs> been did. he's been excellent. He seems to be from from all everything I've seen with a his great Twitter and stuff seems to be a great guy. Yeah. So, you know. I, I wish that all being said though, that all being said, I'm glad he's not going to be back. <laughs> Me too. And we don't have to see him anymore. So, so hopefully, he didn't fail keyboarding or something and have to come back. <laughs> Which <another> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but getting back to, to Western Mike and Tyree Adams, he really, I mean he he kept them in the ball game. Um, and when we had him on the ropes there toward the end, he still made plays with his feet more so than his arm. But I, there was one play he made, Michael. He rolled out to the right on a play that he got flushed out of the pocket and made a beautiful throw on the run. I mean, he's the real deal. And uh, I'm already. Like I don't want to look past you know Elon obviously, but but looking forward to next year, he's going to be a problem for everybody. Um, He he'll probably be preseason offensive player of the year if I had to say. Yeah,
1: Kevin, here's something that I thought was pretty interesting. Okay, Uh, West Carolina had 414 yards of offense. Wofford they had 409. Okay, excuse me, 403. Okay, of those 415 for Western Carolina. Tyree Adams accounted for 405 himself Jeez. between passing and rushing. Wow.
0: So we held their all other backs to what, 10 yards? He outrushed us as a team. Wow. Outgained us
1: as a team. That's impressive. Just with his running and passing. He threw for um, – let's see what I can – see if I can find it here. I had it, I had it pulled up and lost it. He threw for 229 and he ran it for 167. <laughs> <laughs> so he outgained the whole Wofford team.
0: I mean – that's impressive. It is, and the thing about it is, like we knew that's what was going to happen, and he still did that on us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's he's a great player. But Mike, more importantly, it really showed what our team had to bounce back from a slow start and to come back and get that win. Because absolutely, if, if we lose that ball game, we're not sit. We're not hosting the playoff games Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's have We're not in the playoffs at all.
1: I mean, um, you could have lost to PC and been in the playoffs. Yeah, because you got the automatic bid, right? But. Um, but that would that would have did us in right there. Yeah. Now you're not even sniffing the playoffs. That's right. That's right.
0: Um, but they bounced back and got it. Big time win. Mike, also another play that I want to throw out there that I thought was huge, was right there. I think it was the fourth quarter. It was third and long, and they call a pass play. Joe steps back. Pocket started to collapse around him, and he threw an absolute dime to Dorian Lindsay who brought it in. That was one of the most important plays of the year. Right. It was absolutely huge. Great play, great mm-hmm. throw by Joe and even better catch by Dorian Lindsey. And I think the Terriers went on the score on that. Or maybe they got three. Um, but that was a big-time third-down conversion because they had us back deep in our own territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Mike, I thought that Western game was the best game that Joe Newman has ever played at Walford. It was. I thought it was the game. best, yeah. most complete game that he's played. Yeah. Um, really, once they kind of got over the hump there, that, that, that the lull of the beginning of the game – they set in and that was that was the probably the best played I would say two and a half quarters that we've seen Walford play in a long time. Right. They they played from about halfway through the second second quarter through the entire rest of the game. That was Walford football. We right. hit them right in the mouth and we held them in check on defense and I again it seems like a broken record George BC with a with a game capping interception. Um, against western so wow. <laughs> um and you know mike remember when they did that they were doing that little out route i told you i said we need to watch this double move it may happen and because uh, i mentioned it to you because i'd noticed right. that they had been doing it a little bit and right there george knew exactly what was coming jumped the route and you know sealed the game for us so that was big a big win and um you know it was one that we absolutely had to have
1: right Anything else you want to add? I, I I will say this. We called it once again on the slow start up at, at Colorway. Yep. There's something to that. Yeah. When you drive up the day of the game, you don't stay in a hotel, and it's an away game, we play bad. Right. It's just a matter of how long. I mean, you're right. You're right. And it was happened once again, just the same old, and I said, oh, great. I will tell you this too, Kevin. That Saturday in which South Carolina – Blew the game against Florida. Yep. And then right after that, we flipped it over and we started watching Walford and Western Carolina. Yeah,
0: we were not playing great.
1: Played, started playing so bad. Yeah. It's one of the lowest points of my life. Yeah.
0: We were both in a very dark place. I was. We were.
1: That's one of the very, that's one of the, I was very low. Yeah. At that point.
0: But the Terriers picked us up. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Thank God. That would have been tough. But Mike, I tell you what, one thing that gave us a little delight,
1: yeah. the
0: ESPN three broadcast and announcers, those two guys. Now they gave Walford a lot of love, and I have to, I have to give them credit. They, they were trying. Yeah, they were trying. <laughs> but some of the stuff they said was some of the funniest stuff I've ever heard in my and life. And I don't
1: know that they were trying to be funny. No, no, no. But
0: they were. I think they may have just been that bad. Um, <laughs> let's run through them because I, I mean, made a note they of. They weren't
1: it. that bad. No. I think they were at least. I think they knew what they were talking about. It's yeah. just you don't know what to say. And I mean, they were saying some
0: cliches like, uh,
1: "I mean, if they put us up there, that's how we'd. I mean, we'd be people would just be killing us if we were up there oh, too." Yeah, but yeah, it's just you actually took the time this time to actually write, write them down. down. Some of the yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, we heard the uh, tripical formation. I'm not. I'm I'm unfamiliar with the tripical formation. We also the heard home. the uh, that one of our guys went in the hole and did a move, and they called it a spinaroonie. That's always a good one. <laughs> The old Spinner Mike, did you know that Ward Lang was calling plays for the Terriers this year? I, I did not. Oh, Ward, man. He's done a good job. <laughs> um, also, we heard uh, they made the statement, a little too much mustard on that hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is about as generic of a cliche. <laughs> like, uh, let me think mushroom a mushroom hot dog. That's good. Um, and then the my favorite, my personal favorite, was uh, Miles Brown made a play, and the announcer goes, and he's brought down there, hit by the man that they call Miles Brown. I'm like, well, that's great because that's his name. What do you want him to
1: call it? You would have thought that was something they would use if they were going to call him a nickname. Yeah. Like, that, that's the man they call Tater. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You know? I
0: mean, <laughs> I mean that, was, that one made me laugh out loud. Okay. By the All man right. they call? Miles Brown,
1: <laughs> the man they call Tater. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway,
0: like I said, they gave Alfred a lot of love. They did, and I and I I give them, I commend them for that. But some of the stuff they said was just laugh out loud funny. Um, <laughs> and,
1: and if they were trying to be funny, <laughs> yeah. kudos to them. Yeah. I don't know that they hey, were. It
0: worked. I don't. I'm sure they're not listening. But let them know if you know them that they they made us laugh. <laughs>
1: that was a nice giggle we had throughout <laughs> the throughout the, I couldn't even remember all those. The right. Only one I remembered was the Spin <laughs> Yeah.
0: So anyway, Mike, um, Terry's got to win over Western, got to win over PC, and now the table is set for a first-round playoff matchup with Elon coming into Gibbs Stadium on 2 o'clock. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking about coming to the game, please do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We need as many people in stands as yeah, we can.
0: Pack it out. Yeah. I mean, it, that would be that would be awesome for the for the guys to know that they got their home crowd behind them because uh, they always play good at Gibbs. So uh, to get get the home crowd behind them, and, let, and if you come, be loud. Don't sit on your hands. Don't don't come there to be at a social party and complain about the music being too loud. Yeah, just go out there and have fun. Don't care. Yeah, you know? let it all hang yeah. out. Cheer the guys on. I
1: hate when people's like. Oh, what are you gonna go eat? What are you? Are you yeah. What are you gonna go eat, like
0: <laughs> Treat this, treat this like this is the last game you're gonna see them this year. And it, and it very well may be you even know, if we win.
1: You know, Kevin. Here's the thing, though. Here's what. Here's what I think you should treat every game like it's the last one you'll ever see. I would agree with that. No games promised. Yeah. Let it all. Just have a good time. A good t- enjoy yourself. If you don't, I mean, if you're there to talk about where you're going after and all that stuff, and heck, just just stay home. Yeah. Don't waste your
0: time. And I don't. And the people are complaining about the music. I I hope they turn it up so loud you can hear it in Simpsonville. I do too. I, like I honestly did that. And the, they feed off of that. The players yeah. feed off of that. So um, I need
1: that thing to be rattling the windows on the Denny. Um,
0: but yeah, come show up and show out. Like we said on Twitter, show up and show out. Support the guys. They fought hard this year, and it's been a another championship season, back to back. So um, you know it's it's been a lot of fun so far. But there's no reason it should end now. So come out and support the guys. Mike, it's now time um, well, Kevin, for I'll,
1: an important part of the show. Before we continue, you're all right. Yep. Big, big segment coming up here in just a second. Mm-hmm. You know, since we started this podcast, we started um, in October of 2017. Yep. So, been doing it over a year now. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome to see us win back-to-back SoCon titles. It has. It's been a, quite
0: a ride. And it's been fun to...
1: Uh, Kind of give our analysis along the way. Yeah, and and to kind of you know connect with all kind of people. Some people that we used to look up to, we still do. But you yeah. know, as as youngsters, we really like those people. And we've got some
0: follows on Twitter for some people that uh, never would have thought. No, who would have thought <laughs> it?
1: Um, and it's just been awesome. And we yeah. appreciate you guys for making it so much fun. Like you said, you know we you know we were homers, obviously. Um, but we you knew we you, you know that coming into it, um, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's been a lot of fun, and it's sort of it. it what's weird about all of this is, you know, I know we've not played it down, but when you're part of, you know, you do these, you know, week in and week out. We've I think we've only not done one, what two weeks of the season, maybe, yeah. Um, but the rest of them we've done. We've done podcast, and it's just been so awesome for for us to sort of live vicariously through the team. And that's what sports is all about.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the – and the diehards out there that listen to us and are on the message boards all the time, you know, chopping it up about the Terriers, they feel the same way. Right. I mean, we take it personal just because we're
1: so invested in it. And here's the thing. Like, I'm not saying if we lose, I'm going to be depressed about it. Certainly I'm not. I'm a very blessed man. But it's just one of those things that we have a lot to be thankful for. And uh, just this ride, man, it's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. And I hope it's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. I, I really hope we can we can keep it rolling. And, you know, by looking at the team and the way we've recruited, I think it's safe to say the Terriers are probably in good shape to maybe keep this whole thing, the SoCon champion train, a-moving. We'll we, see.
0: We got the uh, two deep or the entire offensive line coming back next year. Yeah. That's huge.
1: That is huge.
0: Both quarterbacks um, – a lot of weapons A lot of defensive players Right It's just getting started Like we say We're not looking past this season Because I, I mean There's, there's still a still lot, lot to fo- for, A lot yeah. of football to be played And a lot to play for But um, We're looking forward To more fun rides Going forward
1: And Kevin If you remember I don't know if it was It was last year I predicted that this Was going to be their year That I was going to win The national championship You did And so um, was, you know It can still happen It's still, it's still in play it's Still a possibility you're, still, you're saying There's still a chance <laughs> yeah. um, But yeah, we, we really appreciate it. Speaking of that, we got new shirts today. Yep, more sets of shirts. Not not new shirts. I shouldn't phrase it that way.
0: Same shirt, same, same design, design,
1: but we just got more of them. New one. shipment. So we got all the sizes back replenished. Yep. So if you want to go ahead and order those, you maybe you know it's, holidays are coming up. Now yeah. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. The next thing you know, Christmas is right around the corner. Look, guys, we'll ship them to you. Yeah. We'll have our we're gonna have our Christmas special going on where we're gonna have the, you know, you can buy two, you know. One for 15 or two for 25. Yep. Um, and we're going to keep that going through, uh, sure. what, Let's the week of through. Christmas? Yeah. We'll do the – I mean, maybe like the two days before Christmas, we can get it there probably two days.
0: Also, um, we'll be at the game Saturday as well. Um, yeah. If you're coming to the game and you want one, hit us up. We'll have them with us, um, and we'll get them to you.
1: Yeah. So, we'll, we'll have to meet up there somewhere. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to certainly need to uh, get those out before the holidays.
0: Absolutely. Well, Mike. Without further ado, um, let's introduce something that we're going to try for the first time here on the Shorthead Dog Podcast.
1: All right. So tell you what, let's go ahead and let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get the biggest segment started. It's going to be the inaugural Golden Collar Awards. Golden Collar Awards. Hope everybody is ready for this, as we are. We are so excited. Going to be a fun time recognizing the short-haired dogs on what this year has been.
0: So far. So far. This is a regular season awards. We'd love to do a postseason award show as
1: well. And we may. And we
0: may do it, yep.
1: But this is the inaugural Golden Collar Award Ceremony, and it's coming up next. You're listening to the Short-Haired Dog. Welcome to the first annual Short-Haired Dog Golden Collar Awards. I'm your host, Michael Bennett, here with all of our regular season accolades being given out here today. Kevin, how does it feel? Yeah, you're fired up, aren't you? <laughs> I've, been waiting. So excited. I've been waiting to be a award show host all of my life. Okay,
0: well, now is the time. <laughs> <Now> is <laughs> that the time. time
1: has arrived. Mike, we, uh, we sat
0: down and came up with a, a lot of different categories. I didn't even count them, but uh, we have a lot of... Have a lot of different categories, a lot of nominees. So, um, why, don't, why don't we jump right in, Mike? Uh All right. First, one that we had, one that we put out on Twitter for um, some help from our listeners, um, best uniform combo. So, the best uniform combo, as voted on by our listeners, Mike, the uh, nominees, obviously, black on black, black on gold, white on black, and white on gold, Um And the winner, receiving 60% of the votes, is black on black. So the new black on black, Mike, is, you know, I guess the favorite. So the best uniform combo of the season is black on black. All right. So the home black on black uniform for the Terriers. Black on gold received 35% and white on gold received 5%. All right. No votes for white on black. I actually like white on black, but... Yeah, no votes for white on black. Hmm. So let's move on now, Mike, to our second category, and let's go with
1: most swag. Most swag. Most swag. All right. Now, do you want to hear the nominees? Run I have through them. them. All right. Safety, JoJo Tillery. Quarterback, Joe Newman. Quarterback, Miller Mosley. Defensive back, Mason Allstat. And corner, Devin Watson. Mm-hmm. Also honorable mention, and I think should be strongly considered, is running backs coach Dane Romero. Well, you, you've always <laughs> said he's had swag. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand I just it. like how he hey, wears the baseball hat, so that's, okay. that's awesome. I if I was a coach, that that's what year. I would do. Huh?
0: I don't know that he's wore that this year. I think
1: yes. Okay.
0: Foot back to the archives. So, Mike, what we're going to do here, um, I think if we, you know, if we don't agree on a consensus, it's fine to have our own picks for who we think – Um, Should win the award all right
1: all right so you guys at home can be you know you can comment to our to our post is
0: if you if you have a vote that you know if you don't agree with me or mike
1: or maybe somebody that was left off in general
0: just let us know yeah or if you don't want to put it out there dm us that's fine (laughs) um so mike go ahead who do you think wins the golden collar award for most swag
1: for me kevin um it's jojo tillery okay
0: yeah, we we've seen about a, it all year.
1: We've seen a lot of different JoJo. I mean, this ain't the first year we've had a lot of swag. Mm-hmm. This is about what year four? Yeah, we've seen the gold sleeve. We've seen the digital camo sleeve. We've seen about every look JoJo can bring out. Okay, so mine is my favorite Wofford player,
0: JoJo Tillery. Okay, mine, Mike, uh, I narrowed it down to the quarterbacks. Mine's either Joe or Miller, and it's tough. It's
1: tough. And when we refer to, re- refer to swag, I hope people understand what we're talking about. Like yeah. the way they wear their uniform, kind of the accessories they do. Just sort of their mojo. People can say it's silly, have. but
0: we care. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Miller Mosley, Mike. Congratulations yep. to Miller. So Miller Mosley is my golden collar recipient for most swag. Okay. Um, tell you what, Mike, let's move on to our next category. We're going to save the big ones for last. Um, let's go with, okay, this is a fun one. The most annoying non-game-related part of the season. All right? All right? And our nominees for the Golden Collar are ESPN3 in general, um, the Mercer fans walking in front of the unveiling of Mike Ayersfield, ETSU fans in general, and that random Furman assistant strength and conditioning coach got really butthurt on Twitter that they didn't <laughs> make the playoffs. Um, my pick is ESPN3 in general. That's my golden collar recipient. For the most annoying part of the season that's non-game related.
1: Kevin, I'm going to go with you. I think we need to go with that as the Mm -hmm. the recipient. But I will say this. second one for me would have to be the Mercer fans in front of the unveiling. (laughs) We've talked about (laughs) that a couple of times. But, Kevin, that's before ESPN3. (laughs) That's before any Mike Ayers has been a long state welfare. They nearly destroyed a part of history. They sure did. Just by being idiots. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm I'm with you on ESPN three in general. It is asinine, <laughs> but I, I mean, the Mercer fans in front of the unveiling is is a hard pill to swallow too. But I, I say the most annoying that was that was a short thing. ESPN three is an every week fight for right. our road game. So I think I think that's a consensus pick. Maybe that may if we'd have put a poll out, that might have been a hundred percent. It may have been ESPN three in general.
0: Yep. All right, Mike. I tell you what. To keep it light here, let's move on to our next category, and you can bring these to us. Our next category in the Golden Collar Awards is Biggest Blunder. <laughs> now, this is also non-game related. Right. But Biggest Blunder throughout the 2018 regular season. Mike, who are the Golden Collar nominees?
1: All right. The nominees are the halftime field Gold attempt from Matthew Pegram. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was the, so bad. The Furman um, – TV timeout football toss, in which none of them... We'll
0: describe that in just a second.
1: And then the several times that Fred's mic has been too low. <laughs> and the last our last nominee for biggest blunder of the season, no sound on the CW for the season opener against the Citadel. Yeah. Those are your nominees. Kevin, what do you think?
0: <sighs> well, I was there... To witness all, but I, I didn't. We were at the Siddle game, so I, we just heard that there were no. I sound. was sick. Yeah, I was so, dehydrated. So you, remember, you were there for that. Yeah. Um Pegram's field goal attempt was terrible. <laughs> it was like a 15 yard kick. All he did ten thousand dollars, and it wasn't even close. It was so bad, hilarious, but I felt bad for him. Um, the Furman football toss for people there were for the people that weren't there. They did the kind of thing like Walford does, where you try to hit the bullseye and get points. They couldn't hit it. They couldn't even hit the board. Couldn't even hit the board. It was. I was like, "Is this happening?" I was like, "Come on, guys! It was. You're horrible. better than this." It was I horrible. think it may have been three girls. No offense to girls, but they could not. They sh- they weren't even getting it close. One um, was a girl. But the yeah. other one was, I think, guys. They were just horrible. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Um, and then you know, it happens sometimes. Fred may you know the mic gets turned down, and you know I
1: don't think uh, that's on I Fred. Think... Fred's a sweet prince. Yeah, that's there's not no way did. that was on. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Mike, my, my vote. My vote is for the Pegram field goal attempt. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. Pegram, I know, just
1: died laughing. You know, from a fellow tall man, I know he's 6'11", pretty tough. But, uh, you know, the kick didn't get two feet off the ground. Tough to see that. Wasn't even close. Did he get a second try or was it just no, one? just one.
0: The thing about it is he punted. No, no, he punted good and he threw the piss out of that ball. Yeah, he did. And right in the middle of the field, like it couldn't have been any better. And couldn't get it shanked it bad
1: that's um, a shame
0: tried to line it up and everything and just wasn't meant to kick be. it
1: straight on yeah
0: now we just need him doing them hooks in the paint and basketball season that'll make up for it yeah um so our golden collar recipient for the biggest blunder goes to matthew pegram and his field goal attempt at <laughs> halftime <laughs> <laughs> all right to win ten thousand dollars okay all right mike i'll tell you what let's go to newcomer of the year um And the fresh, which is the freshman of the year, and I'll read these uh, nominees off. Our nominees um, for newcomer of the year are wide receiver TJ Luther, wide receiver slash running back Demarie Van Cleve, fullback Nathan Walker, linebacker TJ Neal, and defensive tackle Corey Prince. Those are our five nominees for newcomer of the year. Mike, who you got?
1: This one was tough for me. Uh, You look at Walker, obviously been very good. Prince has had a pretty good year. He's played Uh, a lot here recently. uh, T.J. Luther and Van Cleve add some speed to that team that were desperately needed, um, and they can both take the top off the defense at any time from their both running back and wide receiver spot. Um, But for me – I think the biggest difference maker, and I think a, a, a spot that we desperately needed—not to say we were necessarily weak in that position, but needed—we need to see who the future is going to be because that's been such a strong part, especially in this fifty front on defense, and that's TJ Neal. Oh, TJ Neal has been spectacular at times, getting a lot of you know rush on the quarterback. I think we're just seeing him. You know, he's just getting started. I think if he can stay healthy, keep his head on straight, TJ Neal has potential to just be—I mean—an all-world outside linebacker for this team so I'm going a little bit maybe a little bit of surprise there but I'm going with T.J. Neal okay and I have to say our man Derek Dye predicted that he was going to be the freshman of the year okay he predicted he was going to be the guy from okay. this class and yeah. I have to say
0: he and made, completely he made wrong wrong an argument there. yeah um, Mike I, I, to me it comes down to two guys um, I think it's either T.J. Luther or, I said Lucifer. <laughs> no, I can't don't, do that to him. Don't, or, don't do that to him. Demarié Van Cleve. Um, okay. And I, don't get me wrong. I think the rest of those guys have been huge. I think Nathan Walker's been huge, and he's going to be excellent. But T.J. Luther has given us a dimension of a speedster that we hadn't really had a downfield guy since Brenton Burson. Um, and he's performed very well this year. Um, but, Mike, I'm not going to go with Luther. I'm going to go with Van Cleve. I think he stepped in and been huge with the Blake Morgan injury. Yeah. He stepped in; and they have not missed a beat. People don't realize how important Blake Morgan was to that offense or what he does over there in the slot um, to kind of be. And he's kind of a possession receiver um, to do to be able to step in as a true freshman and to pretty much replicate without any you know regression what Blake has been able to do is incredible. And he's really bailed us out on offense. He's really showed up the last couple of weeks. Uh, we saw in the PC game just the speed that he has. The, the replay of it looks sped up. He was going so fast. Yeah. Um, so, to me, Mike, uh, newcomer of the year, for me, the Golden Collar recipient is DeMaurier Van Cleve. All right. Yeah. Uh, Mike, i tell you what. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. I'm sure they'll be, they'll be stoked. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go to – Best offensive play, and I'll let you take the take the nominees here. So best offensive play of the 2018 regular season.
1: All right, first of our nominees, Ryan Lovelace with his 70-yard touchdown run versus the Citadel in the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, Joe Newman, his 32-yard pass to Jason Hill against Western Carolina. Joe Newman once again with a 66-yard run versus Chattanooga. And Jason Hill with a 25-yard pass to Lennox McAfee versus Sanford. Mm -hmm. Those are your nominees for best offensive play here in our Golden Collar Awards. All
0: right. Um, Those are your nominees. You know what? I'm going to go with the first score of the year. My play of the year is the Lovelace 70-yard touchdown run. I think that just set the tone for the season. Um, Because, honestly, Lovelace was a guy that no one was really talking about. And what that, what that did is showed me that this was going to be a team that played as a team. Uh, there was not going to be a lot of individual accolades. Um, it was going to be a team effort. And even on that run, you know, there was blocks. The offensive line, you know, uh, held their guys. Well, didn't hold their guys, but you know what I mean. There's we're, enga- every play. we're engaged with their guys. The receivers <laughs> were blocking. And it yeah. showed that that's, it was going to be a team effort this year. So, to me, I'm going play of the year ryan lovelace 70 yard touchdown run first score of the year against the citadel all
1: right yours was the first play mine's one of the last okay i'm gonna go with the joe newman uh 32 yard pass to jason hill versus western carolina was a big one if you don't get that play we're not in the situation we are right now I i really believe that yeah um joe newman with a great pass right there and uh joe you know Let's be honest, Joe's had a great season.
0: I think he has too. He really
1: has. He's struggled in some games. But for the most part, guys, I-, I want everybody to just realize and be thankful that we have two capable quarterbacks like Joe Newman and Miller-Mosley. I don't know if you guys watch much option football, but these quarterbacks just get just destroyed. They do. And have you seen any of the other ones play? They make terrible pitches. They make bad decisions. They throw picks left and right. Our quarterbacks really don't do that. No. They really don't. And if you – I mean, watch Georgia Tech, okay? Watch Air Force. Watch some of these guys. You'll say, oh, man, yeah, these guys, they're killing their team. Our guys really don't do that a lot. I know we like to and up, oh, what a bad decision. And, oh, pitch it, pitch it. Guys, there's four guys in the pitch lane. Playing quarterback in this offense isn't easy. Mm-mm. So, I think that just sort of capped off kind of the year Joe Newman has had, which I thought was a good year. And like you said, Kevin, that Western Carolina game may be the best Joe's ever played in his life mm-hmm. at least in college and um, that's the play for me the 32 yard pass to Jason Hill.
0: Okay well Mike um, to follow it up here let's go with best defensive play. Um, so our next category here in our Golden Collar Awards is the best defensive play of the 2018 regular season. Mike our nominees are Weston Roundtree interception at Wyoming, George Bc. Interception versus Western to seal the game. Another George B.C. interception versus ETSU. That was a diving play that he made there toward the sideline. Um, D.T. Wilson and Miles Brown sack, uh, forced fumble, which really was not called a fumble, but it was a fumble, um, against ETSU. And Jalai Wilson tip pitch and fumble recovery versus Western. So, Mike, who you got?
1: This one for me is easy, um, and I'll tell you why. If you'll remember, uh, about midway through the season, we had a specific fan base really start to think they were good. Yeah, (laughs) they really thought they were good, and we had a lot riding on that game. We spoke, we you know we we felt confident in our guys, and that was a play that really stuck out to me. They killed that son of a gun.
0: They did. They hit him so hard. (laughs) He got hammered,
1: and that's D.T. Wilson and Miles Brown the sack and forced fumble that wasn't called a fumble or CTSU. What a great, great hit! Holy cow! So I'm going with that one. Um, DT Wilson and Miles Brown because it means so much to us because we wanted to win that game so bad and win it convincingly. And this, that hit, that pretty much summed up how that game went. I yeah. mean, Walford really popped him.
0: I agree 100%. But I'm going to go against you. Oh. I'm going to go with Jairah Wilson's tip pass and fumble recovery against Western. That was such an athletic play. Yeah. He anticipated the pitch coming, swatted it down. Great play by Jarrah, and I think he has been – we'll get into it later. He's been one of the top guys, if not the top guy, on the on the defensive unit for the Terriers this year. He's been incredible. And also, we found out that he was the backup holder. So there's that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but to he but do it all. To me, um, defensive player of the year, or play of the year, is linebacker Jarron Wilson tip pitch and fumble recovery. They're in the first quarter against Western.
1: Does that mean Jaira is the uh, emergency quarterback, too? I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't know. Nah. I think it just means he has good hands. <laughs> but, <laughs> good. I mean, I guess there was other quarterbacks we could have put in to hold. Yeah. But we decided to go with Jaira.
0: Tell you what, if the Redskins quarterbacks keep getting hurt, we're going to have Trey Quinn back there at quarter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Or uh, Mark
0: Sanchez. Or Mark Sanchez. Jeez. I can't Ooh. believe the, the Sanchez is coming back. <laughs> Great. Guys, if you're listening, it is a hard life being a Redskins fan, let me tell you. Yeah. Just be glad you're a Wofford fan because it's a hard life being a Redskins fan. <laughs> At least fan. Walford wins That's right. quite a bit. That's right. Um, all right, Mike, let's move on to some of the some of the big awards. Okay. And, and you know what? Before we get into it, I must admit some of these are hard because we play as a team so much. Right. We're not individual. The, we don't play as individuals. We play as a team. Um, and it showed. We did not get one individual accolade throughout the season. And that's incredible for a team that got the automatic bid in the SOCON. Right. You know, don't you agree?
1: Yeah. It's incredible.
0: But it, it shows what kind of team we have, that we play as one, and that the coaching staff has instilled that in these guys. So
1: We're uh, down to the last two. Well, the last right? three. Okay. last
0: three, yep. So I th- we can go ahead and say what it's going to be. We have the – our last three categories are going to be most underrated, okay. our offensive MVP, and defensive MVP. Okay. So uh, I'll tell you what, Mike. Let's go with defensive MVP first. All right. So read off the nominees for our Golden Collar defensive MVP.
1: All right, Kevin, some good nominees here. Defensive lineman, Miles Brown. Defensive lineman, Thad Mangum. Outside linebacker, Jaira Wilson. Cornerback, George Beesey. And inside linebacker, Billy Hinton are your nominees for defensive MVP here for the 2018 Golden Collar Awards. Mike, your thoughts. <clears throat> I'd like for you to go first. Okay.
0: I've already mentioned him. My defensive MVP is Jarai Wilson, Mike. Wow. I think he has been incredible. Um to me it comes down between him and Thad. I think Thad's had an incredible year and he doesn't get a lot of love. Um he did make a I think it was the second team and I think, I think so. it was the media. Um but I mean he earned it. He he he's Dad, if you're listening, your first team in, in our book. Um, he he had real estate. He he owned real estate in the backfield all year long. Right. But
1: we actually had a chance to meet his family. Me and, yeah. me and Dad did last year at one of the away games. They were very nice. Yeah. Which makes me like him even more. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Um, but to me, Mike Ra was outstanding this year. Yeah. Um He he made some big plays, especially when some teams tried to spread it outside or tried to run outside on us. He really shut it down and took away some of the. Uh, some of the lanes, um, the defense has been very good all year long. Obviously, they had some you know, some games where they didn't play as well, but they bounced back from them and did. And that shows that they're well-coached and have a lot of good athletes on that side of the ball. I'm going to go with Jira as my golden-collar recipient for defensive
1: MVP. Kevin, mine here is probably, I don't know, may, this may be a big surprise. It may be not be at all. It's according to how you look at it. Um, mine's Miles Brown. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I guess if you, you know, if you look at it from a pure skill standpoint, I guess. But if you look at the season overall, um, you know, you look at what, you know, some of these numbers. His numbers probably aren't as good as they've been in the past. But the reason for that being is because they've double teamed him. Yeah. And he's been such a focal point. And he still had a great year. Don't get me wrong. I mean, not he not was easy.
0: first team in both coaches. And yeah, Georgia, yeah, yeah, so They knew the They know too. he's
1: good. Yeah. Um, but I'll just tell you this. The fact that what he's been able to do with the fact he's getting double and sometimes triple teamed. And the way – I mean, his his impact has opened up the other guys. We've seen Lufkin get clear lanes to the quarterback. We've seen that. That's lived in the backfield. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to let Miles Brown beat us. Well, that's fine. we got about three other guys who can. That's Right. I think that's another reason you see Jabra have such a good year. I think that's another reason you see um, who was the other one we mentioned, TJ Neal. Guys yeah. like that, that that you know those outside rushers and even the linebackers. I was you look about at to say, look you got, at the year that Billy Hinton's had. Billy and DT I just mean, filling those gaps. I mean, when you got when he's holding that offensive lineman, you know, on the first level there, not letting him get off. Line men double. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he's when he's keeping them out of the lap there of the, the linebackers, yeah. I mean they, they they just come and clean it up. And so mine's Miles Brown. I think if you you know, you look at I, he didn't play against Wyoming, did he? No, he did not. I think if Miles plays in that game, they win. I, I tend to And agree. I think D T didn't play either. I think if they have those two guys, mm-hmm. they win that they win that game.
0: And also uh Horton got hurt. I mean, he didn't play. I think, Mike, if if McHale would have stayed he- healthy this year, he would be on this list oh, as gosh. a nominee for defensive Absolutely. MVP. And the good thing about it, if he chooses, he gets a whole nother year because right. he didn't play four games. He could make two. Um, but, you know, Mike, uh, a great year on the defensive side of the ball, like we said. Um, your pick uh, for defensive uh, MVP, Miles Brown, and I'm going with Jara Wilson. Mike, uh, i tell you what. Let's sandwich most underrated in between the defensive and offensive MVPs. So I will read off the nominees for most underrated Terrier. Um, So our golden collar nominees are center, Blake Gerasati, safety, Mason Allstat, linebacker, Ryan Titus, defensive back, Domo Lemon, and running back, Ryan Lovelace. So those are our nominees for most underrated Terrier, Mike.
1: I'm on with Damo Lemon. Okay. I think he's the most deserving. If you look at what he's done this year uh, in coverage against the run, which is kind of what he was known for, was against the run. But I've, I've seen him really Dude
0: from the playoff game last year. I
1: really, re, I mean, I really think he's done a much better job against the pass this year as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, Damo's been the most, maybe the most consistent, you know, defensive back on the team. Yeah. If you look at it, so. Uh, but we knew he had that kind of ability and he's a guy that i think had an offer from virginia tech and some crazy stuff like that uh, had some d1 people looking at him and uh, but luckily fell to us and uh we're glad he's here he's had a great career and uh he, to me he's the most underrated terrier now granted gerasati's had a great year so was all um titus who's really emerged um and Lovelace, who, like you said, nobody even knew who, hardly who he was. Yeah, but he's played a pretty big role this year as well, especially with that big touchdown at, at, against the Citadel. But to me, Estamo Lemon is the uh, most underrated Terrier.
0: Mike, before I give my, you know, my uh, winner, I think there should be some honorable mentions. I think Thad's underrated. Very. Um, I think our wide receivers are underrated. I also think Lennox McAfee doesn't get a lot, a lot of love around the conference. Not and like I, he should, and I said he this, should get, be getting national And attention. I said this to you. I think he's one of the best halfbacks we have ever had. If Wofford, not the best. If not the best. Yeah. He's got home run ability every time he touches the ball.
1: He can do it in so many different ways. I mean, I honestly believe that. He can run between the tackles. That. He can run outside. He can catch the ball. And just like you said, got that speed. He can hit a home run. He's got to get you a first down when you need it. I mean, he is that type of player.
0: And, Mike, he's had – I mean, the thing we've had some great running backs in the past. The only ones I would put up there with him – um, would be Kevious obviously. Um, Rucker Jesse and Jesse McCoy, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and I would put Lennox up against any of those. He is he's got that next gear speed. Yeah. And he's so shifty. One move and he's gone. Right. Um so I think I don't think he gets a lot of a love, but he we're talking about guys that really don't get talked about a whole lot. Right. Um Mike, my, my pick's Blake Gerisotti. Okay. Um, he's a guy that you you were on when he was coming in. You saw his tape at the I guess it was the recruiting dinner or the signing, signing day, day dinner, and he was like, "This dude's going to be awesome," and he is. He stepped in after the graduation of Rue Daniels, and is uh,
1: and even when Rue the la- right. Rue
0: battling those injuries, right? He stepped yeah. right in,
1: and he's been he's been great. for the been start. he's
0: been everything that you know we hoped he would be, um, and the offensive line as a whole doesn't get a lot that you know they're they're the un unsung heroes uh, a lot of the time uh, but they got a lot of love on on some of the postseason um, award teams um, and I think to me Blake Jarrasati is one of the most or is the most underrated player on the team so my golden collar recipient for most underrated is Blake Jarrasati so Mike that leaves one final category here in the inaugural Golden collar awards and that is offensive MVP. So, Mike, who are our nominees for Offensive MVP?
1: All right, Kevin. Offensive MVP nominees for our 2018 Golden Collar Awards. The entire offensive line. Okay. Joe Newman slash Miller-Mosley. So, the quarterbacks. I think they should be two separate ones. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I do. Andre Stoddard and Lennox McAfee. All right. Who are you going with, Kevin? Well, Mike –
0: to me, it was it comes down to two. Um to me it's either Lennox McAfee or it's the entire offensive line. Um I just think McAfee just impresses me so much. He always has. Um and don't get me wrong, the other guys have had a great year, including Andre. And I, I, I told my I told our dad this I think we're going to see a playoff game where some teams going to get a heavy dose of Andre Stoddard. They're going to get they're going to see so much two nine coming at them. They're going to be hands on hips, sucking wind, and, win, and yeah. they're going to be really tired of seeing that two nine come right at them. Um, maybe Saturday. <laughs> just I don't like know.
1: just like somebody said when in our high school broadcast a few weeks ago, they saw much so much black jerseys in his face. He don't want his mama to turn his lights out in his bedroom.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mike. I'm going to give offensive MVP to the offensive line. I think they're the unsung heroes. I think it speaks to how we're an unselfish team. We play as a team. Those guys have, for the most part, stayed healthy all year. And, um, you know, like we said, the whole two deeps coming back. So there's no reason why they can't be the MVP next year as well. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, those guys spring whatever we have going on offense. When they struggle, our offense struggles. Um, so, to me, Mike, our, the Terriers' offensive MVP or MVPs um, for the 2018 regular season is the offensive line.
1: You know, we did a lot of disagreeing on this, on this award show this mm-hmm. time. Uh, but i tell you what, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Okay. I'm going to go with the offensive line as the offensive MVP. They set the tone. Um, in the games. Uglies. In the games where we haven't done very well, I think the offensive line would be the first to tell you they've not played very well. Yeah. Sort of as the O-line goes, we go. Uh, cause even as, as good as Lennox is, as good as Andre is, as good as Joe is, you know, good as Van Cleve is, they can only do what the linemen kind of lead them to do. So I agree with you hundred percent as offensive MVP for the golden collar awards, 2018, um, the offensive
0: line. Well, Mike, that's going to do it. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Hopefully this is going to be a yearly thing. Um, and like we said, if you disagreed with us, if we left somebody off the nominees list that you just think deserves some credit, by all means, comment, um, DM us, and let us know. Uh, we'll give them a shout out on the next episode. We can we can actually do maybe a uh, a reaction to to the awards on, on the next episode and see right. what our listeners what our listeners thought about some of the some of the categories. But. Uh, yeah, we're going to give this a try. Hopefully, it's uh, you know well received. And next year, we'll uh, have our second annual.
1: Yeah, so that's going to do it for episode twenty. So we tie a bow on the two thousand eighteen regular season playoffs coming up Saturday, Gibbs Stadium. Wofford welcomes in Elon for a two o'clock kickoff in the first round of the FCS playoffs. Been a good good show, I think. Episode yep. twenty, the Kevius Johnson slash. Isaac Pastor episode. So I hope everybody is having a good, or and Mike Rucker. Um, Rucker. But I hope everybody has had a good, uh, you know, Thanksgiving week so far. You know, if you're just listening to it and it's before Thanksgiving, we hope you have a good one with your family and friends. And uh, if it's later than that, we hope to see you Saturday at the stadium as Wofford takes on Elon. So, Kevin, that's going to do it for episode 20. So get ready. It's playoff time, baby. It's time for some Wofford football. Uh, show the, up and show out. Yeah, in the FCS playoffs, the Sparkle City hosting once again in the FCS playoffs. A great feeling in it, Kevin. It is. So that's going to do it for episode 20 and go Terriers. Go Terriers. Tie bow on it, Fred. Thank you for listening to the Short Haired Dog Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Shorthaired Dog and to subscribe to the show at no charge on the Apple Podcasts app and SoundCloud. We will talk to you again very soon, but until then, Go Terriers!